In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet, Rx, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and perhaps the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me, my co-host, psychic investigator for the New England Ghost Project, the Queen of Pain, Miss Maureen Wood. How you doing? Uh, better than you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen's having work problems. Oh, I know. I know. that kind of stinks, you know. Yeah. You know, time. if I had the money, Maureen, I would tell you right now that I would hire you full time, just to go around and be bait for me. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's the least I could do. <laughs> but. Oh, thanks. I, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, well, I would say the bulk of the people who work in the paranormal do have daytime jobs. That's right. Which is weird, I guess. Yes. Yes, Viking is asking bait. Yes, bait. Oh, Eric, that's Eric. Yes. Eric, Eric, you actually uh, can speak today. I will give you permission, by the way. Oh, well, anytime, thank you. You're so lucky. Anytime you want to chime in, I am welcome to uh, you to do that, whatever that is, anyways. <laughs> but oh, I hear a voice. Yeah, I'm here. This is cool. Eric. You know, back in our days at WCCM, our producer, Mr. Mark LeMay, remember him, Mari? Oh, I do. Your buddy. My buddy, the little guy who came. Well, I should say little guy, huh? He is a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> a little round guy, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, he was cool, and, and we used to let him speak, which is is okay. Please let him speak. Don't you feel privileged, Eric? <laughs> he a little I'm work. just going to start speaking whenever I want to. You know, this is my show now. Eric, he had no problem speaking whatsoever. This Unless is my show right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the cool thing about it. You know, uh, he used to, uh, I used to ride him a little bit, didn't I, uh, Maury? You did. You drive crazy. And uh, he used to always team up with you, and I'd uh, get the my butt kicked. Yeah, but the, well, you know what? I think we made a believer out of him, rather. I mean, he was always kind of into the paranormal, curious about it, and then he came with us on that investigation at the Houghton Mansion. Um, and after that, I think he really got hooked. Uh-huh. So, so all downhill from there. We want to say hello to all our Pararex listeners. Uh, that's if a Pararex picked up the stream or not. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> anyway. 
Okay. We want to say hello to people in the uh, TojiNet chat room and also the Parax chat room, which I am monitoring both because I am just so multitasking. But anyways, uh, we have some cool events coming up I want to discuss before we get into different things. Uh, the first thing is uh, next Wednesday, we will be doing a live broadcast at the Bonds and Noble in Peabody. That's right. Uh, that ought to be interesting. It is. Uh, we did one of our book signings down there, and they invited us back. It's going to be kind of neat. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I just uh, hope that all the network part of it, or we're calling on the phone, right? Oh, no. Oh, we're using the network. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Never mind. But I, I've got a theory. Can check? Where's, where's Anona? Can she check the stars to see if it'll, be, it'll go through okay? That's good. Where is Anona? I don't know. Mm. Anyways, uh, that will be on next Wednesday, and it's going to be kind of cool. We want you to come on down to uh, be with us. Uh, we'll be giving out some uh, CDs, and also uh, I understand we have a gift certificate from uh, the Circles of Wisdom in Andover to uh, give away as well. So that'll be kind of neat. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and uh, what's her name down there? Paula, who handles the events down there. She's yeah. really awesome. She's uh, a singer, believe it or not. Uh, she does this, like, jazzy stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, actually sold one of her songs, so she's all excited. And congratulations to Paula. Uh, yeah, but anyways, uh, so if you, what's even cool, if you go and you call in uh, to Bonds & Noble, you get a little message that tells all about it. That's the first thing you hear. Come see Ron and Maureen at the blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, I know. Anyways, um, the other thing I want to talk about is we also have the paranormal, uh, what is that, the paranormal discussion group, which will be at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. I think it's going to be every month, the third Tuesday of the month, I believe that's what it's set up for. And uh, I think it's 15 bucks for uh, the, the evening. Uh, uh, and it's going to be kind of neat. Um, looking forward to it. I only I don't want just uh, people who don't know anything about the paranormal. I want seasoned veterans as well because it's, as a discussion group, we want to go over things. I mean, we can learn from all each other, and uh, it's gonna be neat, something something different. But anyways, uh, the other thing we uh, will be doing is a ghost hunt on the twentieth. Well, I'll be doing it on on the twentieth at the vault in uh, Salem, and I've got a few emails about that. They want to know. You know, what's it going to be like? Well, you know, how many people? First of all, the, it's a full building, so we've got plenty of room, which is a cool thing. And, and uh, most of our ghost hunts, we limit the number of people, uh, let's say spectral evidence, of course, and then we don't have any control over that. <laughs> but anyways, um, they'll all be broken up into smaller groups, and we will be doing EVPs in the vault, which would be kind of cool. I was talking to uh, Mark Nesbitt uh, Tuesday on Ghost Chronicles International, and uh, he was telling me he actually did that once, did EVPs in the vault, which is really a great experiment because the vault acts as insulation. So anything you're getting is what is actually with you is actually with you then. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Did he ever get any results on his? Are you kidding me? I have no one. I've never seen anyone get as many quality EVPs as Mark has. I mean, Carol was good. Don't get me wrong. I, I think she was one of the best uh, EVPs around, EV specials around. But Mark is absolutely phenomenal. I can't believe it. it just he gets it like you know, just conversations, recording conversations with dead people. It's so freaking cool. So 
The other thing uh, we'll be doing is uh, try a little uh, psychomantic, the, the, um, no, psycho, no, 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 uh, we'll doing reading things, uh, holding it, sounds like psychometry, that's what it sounds like, yep, psychometry, which would be kind of cool, from uh, safety deposit boxes, which will be really, really, really cool, and uh that will be neat to see what we get from that. And also underneath the vault, of course, is the tunnels and the, and so forth. So that would be kind of cool. I think there's actually another vault in there, too, as well. But uh, we are working on a book, for those who don't know. And this is about ghost stories from all over the world. And I'm going to send a little shout-out to all our listeners that if they have any, uh, any knowledge of uh, a ghost story, whether it's in their town or are uh, where. Anyways, as long as it's uh, about a place and it has a date. Has a date. Has a date. Okay. Uh, we're not looking for personal experiences too much. We're looking for more about a place, you know, like, for instance, the um, Wyndham Restaurant. Already <laughs> I, done. I a, Already done. Oh, thanks. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> so if you have any of those uh, and you'd like to contribute to the book, uh, especially if you're outside the country, it would be even cooler, uh, you can email me at anyghostproject at comcast.net. That's anyghostproject at comcast.net. So, anyways, that's my little spiel about that thing. Uh, Eric, do we have that uh, that little piece we have, uh, MP3? Yeah, we got it. Okay, uh, I think we're going to play it out. This is, this is going to be a series that we're going to be playing. Uh, let me give you a little uh, background on it. Uh, first of all, we, when it, this past summer we were in Gettysburg with uh, Richard Felix and uh, Mark Nesbeth, and we did some stuff down there. While we were down there, for those who don't know uh, Mark Nesbeth, he is Mr. Gettysburg. He runs the Ghost of Gettysburg tours, and he's written, I think, 8 or 12 books on uh Ghosts of Gettysburg, because there's so many freaking ghosts there. Um, so anyways, he got some messages on his answer machine, and it's quite a, quite a sagger. So what we're going to do is start it today, and we're going to play each one of these messages. This is all about the same person. So, uh, Eric, why don't, why don't we play that now? Twelve messages. Message one. How you doing? Uh, again, this is Kevin. Got here about uh, two times before. I'm still having problems with a ghost. He's uh, he's starting to get hostile. Um, yesterday I came in the house and my cat was slashed across the belly, and I had to take him to the vet. I think it was the, from the bayonet of a soldier. I know he's a ghost, but he seems like he's trying to do his harm. Right now he's sitting on a sofa looking at me. A cold stare. He's going to the kitchen right now. I hope somebody will do something about this. I've called two times before and nobody seems to be returning my call. In the way. <laughs> He's been on the porch, in the bathroom, in the living room, in the basement, in my car, out the shed, in the yard, 
driveway and other people's driveways, the closet, in my closet, my coat rack, he's been everywhere. Once again, it's Kink. I've called two weeks prior. He's not talking yet, but he's staring me down. He seems like he wants to do some harm. <laughs> I don't know if it's normal for a ghost to wave at you. Is that for real? <laughs> that is for real, folks. Uh, that was an actual message that Mike got on his answer machine. But wait, there are like a whole series of these, and each week we're going we're gonna to play one of these little messages from the same guy who talks about this ghost. And, and believe me, they get more interesting if whatever. <laughs> yeah, he called, and we had our laughs down in Gettysburg. Over yeah, so we're not going to go into too much about it, but as we, we do, you you will the story will unfold for you. I mean, about this soldier, evidently he's a soldier, right, because he slashed the cat with his bayonet. Uh, I guess. Have you ever known of a, a ghost who slashes cat with a bayonet? No, so I'm really too looking forward to see how this is going to come out. But, uh, that's it's that's a one of. Odd. He's a little, I, I I think he needs some medicine, but that's okay. I think he's on drugs or yes. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I I I will have to uh, admit I've never met this person, and he he may be sincere. I mean, I'm hoping he's sincere because I'm playing a stupid message. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> So, uh, once again, that that will be a regular feature of the show, you lucky people. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, anyways, I was talking to uh, Bloody Murray today. You're talking to Bloody Mary? Bloody Murray. Okay. And for those who don't know who Bloody Mary is, she is the voodoo queen of New Orleans, and she also runs Bloody Mary's Ghost Tours, and... Uh, Oh, her. You remember Bloody Mary? Yes. She was very nice, although you pulled a fast one after we got off our interview on the phone. Excuse me? Me? Moi? Yeah. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Isn't that the one where you had me go in the bathroom and try, try talking, or is that a different one? Oh, that one. Was that the same one? Yeah, that was yeah, the same okay, one. Yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, what? You were trying to, well, guys, it's not what you think, but anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> it um, is what you think. It was when I was using my very small office upstairs, and it was right adjacent to a bathroom, and after we're done, the iTunes, Ron's like, oh, we got a little experiment. Why don't you go in there, shut the door, turn off the lights, and look in the mirror and say three times, you know, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, or something like that, right? Is that yeah. What you said? Uh-huh. yeah. Let's see what happens. Then when I come out... Don't try this at home, kids. Yeah, don't try it at home. When I come out, he continues to say, and by the way, when you talk about going in the bathroom or when you look in a mirror and you say that three times, you either foretold you or see your death or you become this old hag or something. Well, it came through, didn't it? (laughs) All right, I am ready to hit him now. Well, I mean, it's like the, the guy in Gettysburg. Oh, the Gettysburg uh, foretold your death too, didn't he? Yeah, but I'm still here. Yeah, well, I, I think he, I think he transversed the numbers or something. I, maybe yeah, that's right. what it was. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I think he was a nut job. If anybody actually wants to hear that little episode of Maureen in the bathroom, because I did record it, of course, uh, you can go on to iTunes or Ghost Village, and it is the Bloody Mary episode, 
and you can hear Maureen doing her, her thing. But you know what's the funny part? Writing this book, we've come across a lot of ghost stories, right? Yeah. And and I, well, I mention this, too, because when we went to Witch Bonnie, you did something little on that same... No, I didn't do something. You didn't? You set me up again. That, there's a recurring theme that keeps... But you, you went around the grave a certain number of times yeah. in a counterclockwise force through, while the moon was light in the smicking and whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, you set me up again. How am I not surprised? You think I would learn by now. Uh-huh. But anyways, um, dreading this book, we have come across a lot of stories where this type of thing happens a lot. Don't you find out? find out. Don't you find out? Don't you think? That works, too. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean... It, it was, I'm, I'm woman of little worlds tonight. Evidently. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know that, uh, you know, it's really funny, but somehow I always end up with those, don't I? When we're writing these. You don't yeah. get the ones where they walk oh, around the grave 16 around. times. I or... saw one today, and you know what I did? What? Ignored it. What? I saw one today, and it said, you know, and if you walked around the grave six times, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think It was a mine? Did you, did you save me the site? Nope. Uh, it's a good place to visit. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'd had enough with you walking around the grave times. I don't think you can say that on the air. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Just did, man. <laughs> uh, Actually, is, one of, is that one of the seven words you can't say? Are you going to try all seven? Or <laughs> See which ones Eric bleep out and then we'll know, right? Yeah, this is live. I don't think he's going to be bleeping. All uh, right. And speaking about Eric, I actually want to bring him on the air now because uh, I am going to let him speak. Speak. Thanks. Eric, are you there? Of course I'm here. Eric, uh, you have been, we have been doing a show with uh, Tojinette for I don't know how long now. How, do Too you long. have any clue? Too long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to talk to you about that, by the way. <laughs> Did you look at our original contracts? <laughs> but anyways, uh, and you've been producing most of our shows for us, uh, for better or worse. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. For the most part, either you or that cute little Ashley. Because I enjoy your show most, so. Oh, That's... isn't that nice? Although I, I liked his mom, too. His mom was pretty cool, too. How is your mom doing? She's actually going to be back in the next couple of weeks because, you know, Ashley's getting married. So yeah, isn't that so cool, huh? She's going to be taken off, and I just can't I can't sit here for 18 hours or 16 hours a day, so she's going to be filling in for me. Oh, that'd be cool. Cause, so you will probably uh, yeah, talk was, to her next week. She was week. pretty cool. She used to like the show. She used to fall. So anyways, before we, we came on the air, I mean, when, when we were approached by, uh, what was her name? Melody, I think, was the one that originally hired us. And uh, you, you heard that we, you, a ghost show was coming on to TojiNet. What, what was what was your thoughts? First of all, did you believe in ghosts? I mean, you are from Texas, by the way, and I don't know what that means, but yeah, you I'm are. in Texas. I mean, I always enjoyed watching. I always enjoy and still do watching all the TV shows and stuff about the paranormal and um, all of that. All the ghost hunters and. It's just a lot of it's it's entertaining for me. Whether or not I say I believe in them, I don't know. I've heard some really weird stuff just in this house alone. Am I a believer in ghosts? Ah, uh, not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, so, maybe, I mean, maybe you've heard a lot, like a, lot of, a lot of weird stuff on our radio show, haven't you? Absolutely. 
So when you hear it, do you like, what, are they crazy? Or is it like uh, you kind of listen with an open mind? Well, I'm an, I listen with an open mind to everything. So some of it is more believable, believable to me than other parts is. Um, some of it kind of meshes with my um, religious beliefs and whatever else, and some of it is just so far out there that, you know, I'm, and I, you've been on some of those shows with me, or I've been on some of those with you that we're just like chatting in the background going, this guy's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, some of it, yeah, some of it, no. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of interesting. Now, um, you evidently never experienced the paranormal before in your life, any type of uh, paranormal experience. Not that I know of. I'm not, not that I know of. <laughs> I mean, really, how, American, how would you, so that's kind of paranormal. How would you know, really? <laughs> I mean, I've been in some weird situations and witnessed some weird things, but is it paranormal? I have no idea. Yeah, now, it's interesting because uh, I know that the, the studio is in Tyler, Texas. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what it looks like or anything else. It's a, it's a three-story. Hold, hold a second. Maureen, could you get an image of the studio by any chance? No. <laughs> you're asking me of all days. I'm having a day of hell, okay? And you're asking me if I'm getting an image. Yeah, I'm getting an image that, I don't know, I'm having a precognitive vision. You're going to kill me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a, right, so <laughs> it's a three-story three with a basement, so four-story colonial-style house built in, I don't know, probably the... I don't know, 1918s, 1915, somewhere right in there. And the radio station is up literally in the attic. Um, and that's that's where I work. So it was, do you know anything about the history of the, of the building? No, I do not. It's been so many things, it's hard to keep up with. But I don't know originally who it was built for um, or anything else. I don't. I'd be. I'd like to know. Huh? What? You're done for words, everyone? No, I was just thinking about this building. I, I, I'm. I'm thinking. Well, he doesn't believe it's haunted, but well, have you, you, anyone you, else experienced anything the, at the station? Yeah. Well, everybody has heard the attic thumping. Like I'm in once. I'm in. It's a. It's a pretty large house. So I'm on one side of the attic, and then there's another room on the other side of the attic um, opposite the staircase that I'm looking at. And if I go downstairs, I have, a, I have one of those adult tobacco product habits. So I'll go downstairs and light one up, and I'll hear walking or a chair roll across the ceiling. And nobody's there. And nobody's there. I'm the only one here. And I'll come back up. I'll even I've even walked in there to see if anything has moved and nothing has moved. It's all right back where it was every single time. No and 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 I can sit in there. It's only when I go downstairs outside that I ever hear it. But if I come up here and I sit in there, I hear nothing. Interesting. Because you're sitting right there though. Right. 
Now, we had we talked a little bit on Ghost Chronicles International uh, with Mark on Tuesday about uh, being able to spot ghosts out of the corner of your eye and so forth. Uh, if I ever I did that, I'd be gone. I believe the are aware uh, we can see them. And sometimes they can try to sneak by you and stuff, and I think that's what you pick up. Or, as Mark thought, maybe your your vision from the corner of your eye is a little... Um, Different than your forward eye. In other words, it's maybe it's picking up more in the infrared range or whatever. But uh, that was kind of his theory on that. So, uh, ever seen anything out of the corner of your eyes? I mean, Eric. No, I've never seen anything, but the unmistakable sound of a chair rolling across a hardwood floor. I mean, nothing else that I know can produce that. I mean, a squirrel's not going to do that running through the attic. Um, right. So. And I hear it every well, you know, single time I go downstairs. You know, it's interesting that um, you might want to... Um, um, you ever put a camera up there to see if you pick something up the next day? I have never done that. And I've got a camera sitting right here. You should try it. I'd be afraid of what might happen. Oh, <laughs> you know, because I then I wouldn't be able you. to come back up here and work. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I, I get you. But, <laughs> I'm you like know, Richard. I'm afraid know. of ghosts. It could be a scientific project. <laughs> Actually, we should go down here. Yeah, come I, on down. Yeah. That would be awesome. I've been down there. Well, actually, it was... You've been to Tyler? No, I haven't been to Tyler. How far is um, Tyler away from... Uh, God, I Let me give you a hint. Texas is the second biggest state in the union. I understand yeah. that. I think it was, actually, I think it was about five hours away. Five hours from San Antonio. San Antonio, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah so it was, would have been a hike. If I was over there on the weekend, I would have stopped by. Yep. Now, the, the other thing you could also do is you could set up a... Uh, Internet camera and broadcast it, and uh, listeners actually could check it out. And Sit there and watch it for me. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot yeah, of those. They promise they won't tell you what they say. Who said that? What? Well, I'd like to know what it is because you know I said every time I go downstairs, but it's a, it's not every time. Mm-hmm. But it's I'd I'd say eighty percent of the time I go out there, I start to hear the chair rolling. So, and that's, and then I come back up the stairs and there's not a sound. I mean, it's just dead quiet. Huh. That's the only thing in this house that, that I've witnessed. I mean, I've been in other houses and heard radios click on and things like that, but you never know if that's a sleep timer or whatever else. Um, even though they didn't have sleep timers, but. I mean, I've I've seen weird things and and witnessed weird things, but whether it was paranormal or not, I have no idea. I've never known any investigators. Y'all are the first ones. Oh wow! And you picked us. Lucky yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thrilled. We, we are probably like the most unorthodox paranormal investigators out there. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Excuse me. Speak for yourself. I work with you. That's pretty unorthodox. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, I want to bring something up, though, that I saw on the Internet today. You were actually going to speak? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw, it made me think, when you were talking about hearing it, the chair roll around, and um, Eric, and you were saying that some things were going on in the attic when you're not there, um, I actually, doing the research today, looking for some stories, I came across this um, video clip that was taken, and it was from a little, it was a deli that was in Connecticut, right? 
And at the deli, the guy came in the next day, and he saw, like, you know, he had these, these three tables and a bunch of chairs set up and, you know, the, the tonic sections or the drink section. And he came in, and he found everything, you know, moved around and thrown all over the place. Now, when he watched the video, which is what you see, you see that the, the chair, and at first I thought, I'm laughing, going, oh, yeah, somebody's playing around and actually putting a string and, and doing this. Yeah. You see one chair move. But then the chair on the other side, which there's no way, it like flew across the room, spun around in a circle, and went up against the wall. I mean, up against the drink uh, machine. I mean, and, and table, the whole table just shoved aside and moved, and you saw something kind of fall down the table. But the inter- interesting part, too, was that this person called part the police. Two. Part two. Um, actually, he called the police, and the police came out and, I guess, viewed the video, and basically they couldn't explain it, but they were like, ah, you know, what are we going to do? This, it's unexplainable, unexplainable phenomenon. That's how they left it. Mm. So what do you do if you have a ghost that's, or a spirit that is attacking, you know, or kind of wreaking havoc in an environment? I mean, yeah, you got to wonder what you do, right, sometimes? The call. The ghost problem. John Zappas. The gall of moving my office chairs around. Yeah. <laughs> Back when they're done. Well, they, I know, but I guess this place was something, uh, something to do with the prohibition or, yeah. some, with, you know, whatever during the six fifties. Anyways, I, I think we're coming up on the half hour, so we're going to be taking a break. Is that correct, Eric? That is correct. So when we come back. I will have the ten top reasons how you know your trailer is haunted. So if you want to know if your trailer is haunted, stay tuned. You listen to Ghost Chronicles on Tojinet, Pararex, and beyond. Susan Dobson is on Toginat, Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central. Hi, I'm Susan Dobson, host of the new talk show, Another Way of Living. On Another Way of Living, we talk about what I call the unspeakable. When I was growing up, if there was a problem, a pink elephant in the living room, everybody walked around it, nobody talked about it. Sound familiar? Tune in and listen to my guests and callers talk about their solutions to problems just like yours. If you are ready and really want another way of living, then this is your show. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central with Susan Dobson. On Another Way of Living, we talk about life, its problems, its challenges, and above all, its solutions. Another Way of Living educates and informs. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Plus, the live format lends itself to surprising and heartfelt revelations from Susan and her guests. You'll be surprised by what's shared, what's learned, and what could change. Join us for Another Way of Living with Susan Dobson. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central on toginet.com. We're back. We are back. I can barely hear the heartbeats. I know. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. 
news. You are listening to the Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet, Parallax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick. She is Maureen Wood. And here are the top ten reasons. Well, before I get into it, you know, a lot of people live in a haunted house, right? But you never hear about haunted trailers. Guess their houses. What do you mean you guess their houses? Well, the kind of houses. Well, I mean, they're bait for tornadoes, but other than that, they're... <laughs> <laughs> they're miniature houses. Depends. Depends on who it is, right? Yeah. So, anyways, I was going through the net, internet doing my research for the book, and I came across the reasons why, how you can tell your trailer is haunted. All right. You all set? Okay. Okay. Number 10. The trailer is shaken, but there's no tornado in sight. Ooh. I, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> you feel an eerie presence every time Freebird is played on the radio. Ah! <laughs> the chain, the chain that ghost rattles is attached to the wallet. We actually knew somebody who had a chain attached to the wallet. Remember that case? It's in Ghost Chronicles. Yes, it is. Yes, the two bikers. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Let's hope they're not listening. Uh-huh. That mysterious gratch- scratching sound below the floorboards is the t- telltale raccoon. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Where the heck did you find this? Uh, you don't ever know. <laughs> Your dog, Boo, gets sucked into the TV. And he's blocking the view of... <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> okay. Oh, the, car, the car in front of your house isn't on blocks, yet it's levitating by itself. Oh, you know, the cement blocks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I get you. <laughs> The room is spinning, and you're not even drunk yet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Number three reason you can tell that your trailer is haunted. Hey, Leno over here. Uh, the eyes of your velvet Elvis, what? the eyes of your velvet Elvis painting move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to get so much hate mail for this. <laughs> the number two reason how you can tell your trailer is haunted. What blood drips out of your simulated wood paneling? <laughs> Wait a minute, I can simulate a wood paneling. I don't even live in a trailer. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and the number one reason you can tell if your trailer is haunted, your can of skull mysteriously floats through the air. Oh, that is so bad. Really? Really. How about your dear ear hot bed sheets? have eye holes cutting them. <laughs> I thought you already hit one. Uh-huh. The ghost is completely invisible except for the tobacco juice running down his chin. <laughs> Mysterious footsteps seem to be stomping out. Achy, breaky hot. I thought you already had reached one. <laughs> the funny howling coming from the... Oh, all right. Chronic... Call, please. <laughs> what? Save us. So what do you mean? Oh, man. Please. You hear strange moaning, but only when Shawana Tween, Shawana Tween, Tw- Tween comes on. Call her on, call her on. Oh, I... I so busy, can't even see. Huh? <laughs> Come on. Folks on the Jenny Jones show oh, discuss your domestic problem. <laughs> what? All right, let's bring the caller on. Hello, caller, what do you want? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It's your hey. caller. Larry. Larold here. Thank you, Larold. Hey. Thank you. I mean, really, thank you. For what do you mean? Answer. I wasn't done. I still had a few words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't you go ahead and finish? <laughs> I was moaning while I was still muted. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so come on. You saw us what Marlene does that anyways. All right, All right keep it clean. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. want to hear, uh, wanna hear a, a, a little thing that happened to me last week? Uh, yeah. by, by the way, you don't live in a trailer, do you? <laughs> Not after that speech, no. <laughs> Thank God. Would <laughs> you let him speak, please? Oh, yes, I'm speaking. I'm listening. Anyway, my story is that... Um, after having been curious and, and poked around for a while and not really done it in any official sense, like, you know, actually gone hunting, except for, uh, you know, one or two short excursions without any real plan, um, there's been some activity going on at my sister's apartment, okay, oh. Massachusetts. Yeah. Now, it's been a collection of personal experiences that I've collected from my, uh, my sisters, my mother, um, and... Most importantly, I have a niece who is 11 years old, and her name is Karina. And Karina has uh, Asperger's syndrome. Okay, now it doesn't affect her all that much. I mean, you know, some some things about her are a little different than most most kids, but uh, her age and her natural physiology at that age, coupled with this sort of an autism that I'm sure produces an aura, seems to be kind of a magnet for what's going on in this apartment of theirs. <laughs> my sister, her mother, okay, uh, my sister called me up for the first time about a year ago to tell me she thinks she's cracking up. I said, well, what's going on? She said, well, I was, uh, I was asleep. It was early in the morning. It was probably about 4 o'clock in the morning. And she said that she heard the cat meowing to be fed, very common. She's got two cats. Happens all the time. When they're really hungry, they wake her up. She woke up. She followed the cat into the kitchen. She's getting a can of food together. And then, uh, you know, she, she flips the light on, and she realizes that the cat's not there. She's like, well, you said you were hungry. Come on, come on. She's calling for him. He's not there. She goes, and she finds both cats asleep in my niece's bedroom, and the door's closed. She's like, oh, well, I'm dreaming it then. So anyway, she chalked it up to something like that, told me it was a strange experience. Well, then the next thing that happened was she was in the kitchen. She was doing dishes at the sink, and this was probably about maybe a month later. And she said she caught something in the reflection on a stainless steel tea kettle on the stove. She looked at it and thought that she had left the heat on because it, it had the look, she said, of like the way steam will roll over metal mm-hmm. when, it's, you know, when it's walking past it. Yeah. And she said she looked closer and realized that there was no heat, there was no water in the pot. What she was seeing was a reflection. And the reflection was of something dark starting at the ceiling above the refrigerator that seemed to be kind of almost oozing down the wall, Ooh. like it was crawling down the wall. And um, she said she was afraid to turn around because she began to feel some sort of a presence. None of us is particularly sensitive, I don't think. Um, I mean, I've... I've been in creepy places, but I've never actually said, yo, I feel something here. You know, I don't think I have that particular gift. But I think that my niece is probably responsible for whatever might be going on because little things were happening. Here's another interesting one. This one happened to me. You know how they'll say that they'll, they'll drain power from a battery or something like that? Oh, yeah. Now, 
Christmas Eve, this past Christmas Eve, I was visiting the kids uh, because, you know, you know, Uncle Larry, you know, I am Santa Claus to them. Um, they talked me into staying overnight. I said, okay, I'll sleep on the couch. So I'll be up when the kids get up and open the gifts in the morning. About 3 o'clock in the morning, okay, I'm, I'm awakened by a, a beep, a strange, short, high-pitched little beep. And it had the sound of something like, you know when you're, um, you know when something that, that runs on a battery and the battery begins to get low, it has a warning beep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I woke up and I was following the sound through the apartment. Where's it coming from? Very sporadic, only about once every 30 seconds and a very short little beep. So uh, I followed it and I realized it wasn't coming from the apartment. It was coming from the basement and she's on the bottom floor, so... I said, oh, boy, I love this place. <laughs> I already find the place creepy. So uh, I went downstairs. She didn't have a flashlight. And, of course, you know, um, she's warning me. Oh, yeah, if you're going to go downstairs, she says, uh, you know, the, the lights don't work near the stairs. You have to walk all the way to the back and pull the chain. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so I go down there, right, and I'm following it, and I could hear it beeping. Sure enough, it was, it was one of the smoke detectors uh, right in the darkest corner of that basement. So here I am. Basically, in the dark, I turn on the light, and it was useless, basically, just a little dim little bulb. I get a, uh, I, I find an old chair that's down there, and I, I reach up, I pull the 9-volt battery out of the, the thing. That, you know, it was, it was uh, nailed to a, um, a joist. So um, I come upstairs, and she says, what was beeping? I said, well, it was the smoke detector. And she says, which one? I said, the one, the one you know, way in the back. I told her where it was. She says, well, why is that one beeping? She goes, I just changed them all out. It should be working. So, I mean, I know it's a stretch, but odd that it should happen Christmas Eve while I'm there and right after she changed them. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I, I chalked all this stuff up to what a strange coincidence. And my mother reported to me that when she stayed there babysitting the children, and I don't know what night this was. This had to have been a few months ago. But she said um, she heard some scratching almost like, like cat claws, you know, a cat will scratch at a wall or something or when they really want to get somewhere. Yeah. And she kept going out to see where the cat was. She was watching the kids in the living room, and she heard the scratching coming from the dining room. She went in there, and um, she, she kept hearing the scratching, but the cat wasn't there. And then she realized that the scratching was near the heat vent. They have, you know, forced hot air. It's a very old house. So she says, oh, geez, did the cat get stuck in the vent or something? Well... The cats, of course, were both hanging around the house. She found them both. But she said the scratching probably persisted for about five minutes or so, with her standing right there looking at it, and there being nothing there. Lights all on. So she, she thought that was strange, and, you know, she told me, she goes, I, I don't know, I think I'm losing my mind or something, or maybe all these stories are getting to me. So all this was in my head, and last week I went over there on a routine visit, want to go see the kids, I put my, I hung my coat on the dining room chair, and my sister said, "Don't hang your coat there because the baby will go through your pockets." She's got to She's like my wife. Yeah. <laughs> she says, uh, "If you want your coat to be safe and all the all the stuff in your pockets to stay there, she goes, go put it on my bed and close the door." That's when the trouble began. Now oh, it's no. it's it's early evening, all the lights are on, and there are people in the house, mostly in the kitchen. I go into her bedroom. It's pitch black, and then the lights are off. Um, the only light is coming from the door. I throw my coat across her bed, and I go to turn around, and some motion, I caught some motion out the corner of my left eye, 
right in front of the closet door, pitch, pitch black. And there was something about just just over knee high. And it was standing there. It had a a, a shape of what I would describe as kind of like a toddler. And I thought for sure the baby had followed me into the room. And I said out loud, I go, honey, you scared Uncle Larry to death. And I'm watching, and it's rocking back and forth like an impatient kid would do. And I couldn't quite see. So I kept looking, saying, is that the baby? And and my concern was if I turn my back on her to walk across the room and turn the light on, is she going to get hurt by something in the dark? So I I stopped walking. I took a step toward it, and I realized I can't make out any features at all. So for reference, I looked around. I could see the doorknob on the closet door, and I could see it fairly clearly, although it was dark. This thing had no features. It was like just an, an absence of anything, just like a darkness. It was moving back and forth, like, you know, side to side. And did it, did it have uh, borders? Not that I could tell. The only thing that I could make out was that the head area was round. It was, you know, roughly round, but I couldn't tell you if it had, you know, ears or hair or anything like that. I couldn't quite make it out. It just it was a rough outline. I couldn't see a border, but I could see objects to the left of it and objects to the right of it, but nothing where it was except for the motion. So eventually I backed up, I reached over, and I flipped on the light. And when I looked, there was absolutely nothing there, nothing. The closet door closed, nothing in front of it. The baby the whole time was in the kitchen. So I walked out there, and I got my sister's attention. I said, can I talk to you about something? She's like, okay, what? So I took her aside, and I didn't want to frighten anybody. I said, "Um, you have told me on occasion that your room is strange. She said, yeah. She goes, sometimes it gets all staticky and for no reason. I said, yeah, and you, you tell me that you don't like being in there alone because you feel like you're being watched. I'm, you know, she's, a, she's a single mom. She sleeps by herself. Sometimes the baby sleeps in the room with her. She says, yeah. She goes, I don't think it's anything that's going to hurt me. She goes, but I know for sure that there's something that goes in there. And I asked her, have you ever seen it? And all she could answer was, I've seen that cat-looking thing. You know, and I, I followed that several times. And then she went on to describe it. Um, as being spotted once in a while, but the, the tips of ears and the tip of a tail, you can catch it in the corner of your eye, but when you look, there's no cat there. She says, I've seen that, and I've seen the dark thing above the refrigerator a couple of times, and I asked her that that night, last week, how big is that dark shadow? And she showed me with her hands, and it was just about exactly the size of this thing I spotted. <laughs> and I said, I said, when you see this thing, when, you, when you've seen it crawling down the refrigerator side or down the wall, does it come in a straight line? She says, no, it goes back and forth, side to side. To Just like you, sir. Serpentine. Yeah, it moves side to side, and that's what scared me. Yeah, and then I said, listen, I just spotted something in your room. And she's like, oh, don't say that. I'm like, well, yeah. I go, I mean, it made no sound or anything. You know, and I couldn't, like, I, I can't honestly say that I, I felt a presence, mm-hmm. but I was convinced that there was someone right there. And wow. I told her, I put the light on, it was gone, whatever. And I didn't have, you know, I didn't have my camera phone on me or anything like that. The thing is, right? And I swear they know that. Well, the thing is, it was a perfect time to prove itself to me because everyone was in the house. My sister, her, her boyfriend, the two kids, and I think one of, my, one of my niece's friends was visiting too. And it was a, a room full of people in the kitchen making noise and everything. But when you go into the bedroom, it's a very kind of a dead room, you know what I mean, so to speak. It's a very... Uh, very quiet room. Right. And um, 
Yeah, that was the strangest thing. I had never before actually stood and looked at something that I could not identify in any way. So to me, it was kind of a breakthrough, you know, because all these stories suddenly started becoming, you know, real to me. They started to have some credence. That- and I was like, oh, boy. So I, I thought about the cat and my mother hearing the scratching. I'm like, well, that's strange. This thing didn't look like a cat, though, I'll tell you that. Uh, it, it's interesting. It almost sounds like a shallow person, which is yeah. a separate entity all, all in itself. Well, I mean, it was pretty small. Mm-hmm. And it, it, didn't, it didn't, like, move its position. It only just walked in place. Now, I can't describe, you know, I mean, I can't identify what it was or had I ever seen anything like it before. The only thing that lets me identify what it might be is its motion. Its motion could really only be imitated if you stood with your two feet planted firmly on the ground and rocked from side to side. That's the only thing that gave it away as a, a, a person or something that, that was sentient. You know what I mean? Because if it had stood still, I would have only perceived it as just a very black shadow, an oddly black shadow. But this thing was just, it kind of blew my mind, and it was there for a while. It's not one of those things where you kind of catch it out the corner of your eye and say, hey, I think I know what I saw. This was something where I caught it out the corner of my eye, turned and looked at it, and it's almost like it was looking back. Hmm. Well, did you say this was a a new building? Oh, no, it's very old. So it's very old, and and it was, it's an apartment now, but was it a single structure at one time? This used to be a single-family home that was converted to an up-and-down two-apartment house. Um, it's, you can, if you look at the woodwork around the windows, it's extremely old. You know that, that kind of varnish that almost looks like alligator skin because it's so bubbly? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's that dark brown. and You know, it just looks ancient. And that's authentic. The landlord warned us when she moved in, please don't do anything to that. That's, that's the original. The glass in the French door separating some of the rooms is the original glass. It's so old that it's got that waviness to it. So it's really old. A lot of original stuff there. Um, I know nothing about the history, and neither does the landlord, really. There are a couple of nice Portuguese people, um, and they really they don't put much stock in that kind of thing. So we really don't talk to them about it. Although I was very curious to ask them about the history of the house. Actually, Lerald, if you, you really want, uh, we have uh, a research arm here at the New England Ghost Project, and we would be happy to research the history of the uh, the building for you. It would be no problem at all if you could send either the information to either Marion or myself. Uh, we'd be happy to do that for you. Because I wouldn't know really how to start. I figured if I went maybe to town hall... All we need is an address, and, and trust me, we, we have uh, some great lawyers on board, and uh, we have some other people that are, that are really, really good at research, and uh, I'm sure we could uh, nail this for you, nail it down for you. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, I'd be happy to send that information on. Okay, okay so either send it to, to Maureen. Basically, what we need is the address of it. Uh, uh, and if you send it to Maureen or myself, and uh, we'll get working on it. It does take a little bit of time, but uh, we, we'd be happy to do that for you. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to know what the history of that place is. It's in a really densely concentrated, heavily settled uh, area in the town of Milford, mm-hmm. Mass. And... Um, yeah, I can certainly get you the information. The only thing is I asked my sister, um, would she be okay with us, you know, actually doing something, maybe, maybe getting something organized together and coming in and checking the place out? Mm-hmm. She has a concern about her daughter mm-hmm. and the presence of such things. She doesn't want the strangers in the house. Um, my, my niece is a little strange about it, but I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to get it so maybe we can do it when they're not home or something. Mm-hmm. 
I haven't sold it on the idea yet, but I am working on it. Uh, well, like let said, me ask you this: uh, What religion are they? Well, we were all we were all born Catholic, but we yeah. don't practice anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, uh, see, evidently you didn't practice it enough that you'd still be one. <laughs> it's a little joke. Get it? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very right. good at Never mind. practice enough. Never mind. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, hey, if I thought waving across at that thing would have gotten rid of it, I would have done it. But uh, well, let me ask you this. I mean, there's no religious icons in the house, no no crosses, no nothing, correct? Well, no, I mean, there are some. I mean, for the... For the um, for the um, child pageantry, I guess of it, my sister likes the pageantry. <laughs> I know what that. you want to call it. It's it's some of the stuff is pretty, and she's had it since she was a kid, so she's still got a couple crosses in the house, but she doesn't make a big deal out of it. Uh, right, right. We don't. I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to sound disrespectful to the religion. I mean, we just we just simply aren't practicing members of it anymore. No, no. Every the you know, is still each, there. Each their own. That's what makes the world goes round. Yeah. And I don't know if it's got a religious connotation, but hey, you know. Maureen has said in front of me before that it's not so much what we believe, it's what it believes, you know? Uh, actually, that's not absolutely true. It's what, well, the fact you have to have a belief yourself, too. Right. It's more about what you believe than what it believes, really. I mean, right. it's, so you don't if that, that was the case, then, uh, for instance, uh, certain... Meaning it doesn't have to be one religion, though. You don't have to be one specific, you know? I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, if... If you have someone that's of Jewish faith, right? Right. As long as they have their belief and their faith and their strength, knowing they're protected too, and use what they're. Jeez, I remember a chapter in a book uh, where something happened like that. She did, yeah, but she didn't use protection at all. Exactly. Right. But it's not just we can't just it's say the, it's Catholic the, religion is the only one that's going to save you. That's not. I'm not saying that. That's it, not true. No, no, no. It's it's the intent. But it, the, the thing is, it's your intent and not the, the, whatever it is is intent. Well, what if what if whatever it is is a sentient being and it doesn't take stock in what you're showing it? Excuse me? It, it doesn't believe. It doesn't matter. Yeah? It, no, it doesn't. Because the, the whole thing about this uh, realm we live in is it's all free will. And we are in the realm, and they are not. Oh, so well, this, that is a spin that I hadn't quite put on it, but it's true. So it's our realm, not theirs. I guess if I was on their plane, you know, they probably... Yeah, that's another story. I, I'm, not, I'm not really looking forward to going over there, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't understand why. I have no clue. <laughs> you guys, you guys have got to be careful when you cross over, because it's like Superman going to jail, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, okay. You go first. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. Me. You, you know what's funny, Laurel, is we actually have uh, a, a little uh, signal so that if either one of us passes before the other... Uh-huh. Uh, we will know that they're okay. Of course, you know we're all wondering what that signal is. <laughs> well, of course, you're if not going to know, because then away. if I tell you, you you could you die before Maureen, and then she could, uh, then you would give me the signal, and I don't know, it would mess me all up. Like yeah, what if you came over, and instead of her, you found me? That would disappoint you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I thought it was more important. We're going to be dialing with them. Well, well we're, we're almost out of time. I want to thank you so much for calling in. Uh, yeah, and if you do, do do send us that information. We will take care of it. I promise you that. It may take a little bit of time because uh, things don't move quickly. But, uh, yeah, we'd be happy to, to track down the history of the building. Well, that's way cool, and I will send that stuff along. All right. Thank you very much.
Hey, thanks, guys. Okay, yeah, thanks bye you. now. Bye-bye. Wow, that was cool, huh? That was very cool. Um, very interesting, you know, and, and the whole point about him not having his camera with him or anything, mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes I really wonder if that's not part of it, you know, they, that when you do have the camera and you're ready and you're waiting, they're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. It's mm-hmm. when you, they catch you off your guard so that you can still be, you know, prove or you can still be a believer, but yet you're not, you don't have proof to take with you. So I don't know. I think it's uh, very interesting. Yeah, so I'd like to find out the history of this uh, house as well. I know we've had a, a few, quite a few cases, and we are so far behind, but I can squeeze this through because it's going through the research arm. <laughs> Put them to work, not me. Oh, that's nice. So anyways, uh, speaking about uh, hauntings, so how do you know if your trailer is haunted? Oh, <laughs> I have the rest of these. I can't. Okay, go ahead. You hear blood-curling screams, and both of your neighbors are still in jail. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, instead of your naked playing cards, I mean, instead of, instead of having naked women on your your playing cards, they suddenly have pictures of covered bridges and kitties. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The folks on Jenny Jones are discussing domestic problems that eerily resemble your own. <laughs> <laughs> you got a creepy feeling. And it ain't because Richard Simmons is on the TV. <laughs> the lights go on and off. And you've paid the power bill. Okay. So, for whatever. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and the number one reason you can tell if you're... Wait a minute, wait, this is not really the number one. This is more the number two. Whatever. you said, said the number one twice, right? So, number one A reason uh, <laughs> your trailer is hot is you come home one day and it's clean. Oh. All right, so all you trailer lovers out there, please do send your hate mail to Maureen Wood at uh, com. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is another show down on the tube, don't you think? Well, I think it was great. I actually, it was uh, good to have our guest call in. It was great to talk to Eric. That's an interesting uh, 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 story. Good night and God bless. Good night and God bless. Good night. Deliver us, good Lord.